Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, folks, where we're listening to 1970s Rock Station. I think I'm listening to George Harrison. But thank you for coming in to listen to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, brought to you by nobody. And I'd like to thank Ron for showing up today. Hey, morning, Dre. How you doing? Good morning, buddy. It's like, Beautiful you know, day, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, gorgeous. It's amazing that we started early today because uh, yeah. we, we had to take our friend to work. Yeah, we, well, last time we had some technical difficulties, and um, but we're resolved now, and he's still rocking his new, brand new Sure mic there. It's looking pretty cool. So, yeah, well, doing yeah. good. So, early this morning, well, I'm going to say, well, I will, okay, let's do this. You made it right. I had to get a new microphone. It took me... Two and a half hours to figure mm-hmm. out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I figured it out right away because one of the right. microphones didn't work. So, we had to wait in 45 minutes for the I, shop to I, open, the guitar yeah, center. Yeah, about that. Yep, 45 so, minutes. Yeah. So, unfortunately for me, I had to spend 149 for a microphone name. Uh, sure. Yeah, I forget what's the microphone, but it's a lot better microphone. Oh, much better, yes. Yeah. Better so quality. the microphone is a lot better. Mm-hmm. However, I bought a bag to carry on my my uh, oh, you mic knew, you knew bag and my uh, stand equipment and all equipment yeah. stuff. Great. So that bag cost me about 110 bucks. I should have bought the other bag for an extra 100 bucks because I had more pockets for the microphone. Oh, and probably better padding, too. Was that more of a rigid case or just like no, a backpack? It, it was more of like a backpack, but it's more like for uh, people with the guitars and mics. Oh, okay. okay but it was you. like all the equipment you could put all right. the wiring all together. Okay. So that's how that works. However, so fortunately today, you know, we got up early mm-hmm. because we had I had to drop off my buddy Sean to work. So that's fine, you know. And... Uh, he works at Anna's house, so we had breakfast there. Great place. Wonderful food. I recommend the biscuits and gravy. Good one. I would uh, recommend the uh, burrito. Oh, yeah, that did look good. It was a, yeah. lot of, a lot of food. Mm-hmm. I can't oh, finish it. Oh, for sure, yeah. It was. So that was the cool thing about it. So having someone that works in a restaurant like that, mm-hmm. you can get a good deal off here and deal off there everywhere else with it. So... After we had breakfast, went back to my place. We hooked up the whole gig about for my phone. Oh my yeah, car. your, your um, hands-free phone holder from the mirror, rear view mirror, and it's pretty cool. And we just said you got it on Amazon, right? Oh yeah, Amazon. something like it's that. Like Twelve bucks. It, yeah, couldn't remember the name of it, but it's pretty neat. It's uh, fully adjustable. It clips on the mirror, and it's hands-free. So when you're driving, it's in your line of sight instead of looking down. Where Dre had it in the cup holder. Um, now it's up on the mirror, which is much better. So we'd highly suggest getting one of those. Very yeah. nice. nice. So that way you're not looking down trying right. to find directions. And you're not so distracted. You have a, yeah. a lot of people don't like doing that because it makes them look kind of, it makes the car look cheap, mm-hmm. I guess. But I, I'd, I'd rather, rather have it on there Absolutely, and, yeah. and not be charged with uh, playing on the phone. Exactly, yeah. Because now our state of Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Anytime you're on the phone, New texting, texting yeah. f- uh, calling, yeah. distraction. Distracted driving is illegal now. So yep. stay focused out there, folks. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Miss Gretchen, our, our governor of Michigan. Yes, right. 
Some people don't think she's doing a great job. I can't tell you one way or another. I just know she's not doing that bad of a job, but there's a couple of things that she could have done a little faster, like working on the, on the roads. Mm-hmm. So that is something that she was working on when she was elected, mm-hmm. trying to for the re-election. Mm-hmm. So you do see a lot more construction workers out. You do. You do. So. And that's good. And our roads are getting done. It, it's just that sometimes it's summertime is usually when you're going to get that because that's the best way to do it. They don't usually do them in the wintertime. Um, because it's too cold <laughs> it, it, the working conditions aren't that great um, so yeah you're going to see a lot of that in the summer well, for sure so Ron uh, let's talk about our cars oh yeah yeah I, I was going to mention that uh, <clears throat> in fact um, we had both gone to um, some shops um, I'll tell you about the one I went to it's a it's a place called Clock, Clock Mobility, and they do um, handicapped equipment and or vans or installations. Um, it's one-stop shop. They do everything there. Oil changes, you name it. Air conditioning, heating, cooling, body work, interior, exterior, what the whole whole shebang. Um, and, it, it, you know, that's, that's uh, here in... Um, that would be here in, uh, I guess you would say it would be in, not Granville, but it would be, be in Cutlerville. It'd be Wyoming, Cutlerville. Cutlerville, Wyoming, area. I guess you could say, 68th Street and Clay. Um, you can't miss it. Right across, right next to the McDonald's. <laughs> you can't off the miss highway. It. Right off, off the, the highway. highway. Right off, off the highway. One Street, 68th Street. No such way affiliated with them. I just thought I'd have to mention their name if... You're in our situation where you need servicing done. They do have one, and I believe in Traverse City also, and some other areas, also. So what'd um, you get your? Okay, you got your new motor for your ramp. Yes, it that's doesn't correct. Work. Yeah, I got the the ramp quit working, and they had them order the motor. Um, so one day we did go in, and they said they had the motor. We went in, and they opened the package, and the tech looked down, and it was the wrong motor. So it wasn't their fault. Whoever shipped it shipped the wrong one. So now we're back two more weeks, or about three more weeks. Um, we finally get in, and we get it done, um, which is fine. It took them quite a while. And the reason of that is because um, they, uh, there's a shortage of text now, unfortunately. Um, they had uh, only three techs in the entire building. Um, one tech had quit, and another tech, they had to have him go to different shops also. I think the other tech had to go like Muskegon, right? Yeah, something like that or Traverse City. I'm not really sure which yeah. one, but one so of the So a lot locations. of times, I, I, for some reason, uh, in, the, in the United States, we have a lot of people, a lot of jobs out there with, that you have to have a, a certificate or a, mm-hmm. it's not college, but it's a tech school system. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of jobs like that mm-hmm. that people just don't apply to because they don't go to school for that right. or they don't get the training for that. Right. So exactly. there's over yeah. 100,000 jobs out there mm-hmm. with those type of training jobs where you don't where you get trained to do that particular thing to do. Right. So clock mobility, which used to be clock, clock conversions, that would be probably be one of those places where you have to become a, me- a mechanic and then you have to understand how to work. Right. The ins and outs yeah. of vehicles like the van that you have. Mm-hmm. But everyone, for some reason, has a, a bad attitude, I guess, about work or assignments yeah. or just right. what itself, what it means. Yeah. 
So a lot of times, places like Clack Mobility will lose people or they have to transfer people mm -hmm. to help at different shops. Because mm -hmm. so the shortage of the workers, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So unfortunately for me, I also had to do car stuff. Like just, re well, you know, like last year, we, I had mm -hmm. noticed that my car was leaking water, antifreeze, and we, I didn't right. know what it was. But we kind of figured out it was antifreeze by just mm -hmm. looking at it. Right. Yeah. So, you can tell sure. so I took over. I, I probably was like over a year and a half. Right. That I just kind of let it go. Mm -hmm. And then, and then for some reason I'm like, geez, I better get this thing done. So I took it to my guy D and G mm -hmm. Auto Shop, which is off Plainfield. Okay. I mean Plainfield and Four Mile. Well, it's actually off Four Mile. Okay. So get, it's, get right Ken's, uh, it's right by Ken's. It's right by uh, fruit market. Oh yeah, okay. On Plainfield. Okay. So he looked at it, mm -hmm. and the whole setup with that though was that he found the leak. Right. And then he was looking for that part. You know, that one part that was leaking. Right. You can't just buy that little part. You have to buy the whole unit. Right. So they like, don't sell it separately. Right? Yeah. I, so okay, yeah. I, I, again, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, unfortunately, he had to get it from Wisconsin. They have old parts of old cars, old vehicles. Right. And it's one of those things. It's because I think the shipping and handling was that's what cost you. Right. You're right. Yes, that will get you. So that's and to put it in cost me six hundred bucks. However, when I put it in the shop the night before he had worked on, he's going to work on it. He calls me the next day about eight thirty, nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. No, probably like ten thirty, eleven. Yeah. And then he said, "Guess what? Since I found the leak." And now it's a new unit. Yeah. The water pump, which is leaking a little bit, well, with a new system right. in place. Yeah. I guess it's going to create pressure. Yeah. And that pressure right. will then ex escalate the problem with the water pump. Right. Exactly. So I had to get them both yeah, parts they wear fixed. Out. Yeah. For s that part cost me 250 yeah, and, and that, that that's where I was going to talk about the cost of repair also because um, especially nowadays, and the cost of repair is going to make a difference on how many techs because now it's going to take longer because there aren't there are only one tech working on it instead of two, which will get the job done quicker. Now, they, they get paid by the hour, and you have to pay a service fee of, or an hour in terms of what their hours or how much you pay them per hour. So that makes a lot of difference. Now, now saying that your cost repair is going to be a little different because you have two techs working on it instead of one, so it's going to take not as long, and they won't charge as much because we're working by the hour. So I can see where you're coming from in that point too, where you know and now, but yours repair was much cheaper than mine was, and the reason is because working on a car and they're working on a van. There's a total difference. Mine's with a ramp that's expensive, and your water pump, yeah, it's expensive. But that's about the normal price now, and they'll be expected to pay. But still, it's 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 kind of pricey, you know. But you got to have it done, you know. You, what choice do you have except fixed it? Well, that's your only vehicle. The thing is, is that the car is a 2005 Ford Taurus. Mm -hmm. It's got a little rust in the bottom, a little mm -hmm. rust on by the mm -hmm. by the gas. Rocker panels are uh, rock the fenders. Rocker fan, fenders on the yeah. And it's got that rust by the where my gas pump. I'm mean, where my gas. Oh yeah, where your gas tank is tank too. Is yeah, too. right. Which yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means, but yeah. it's just a coincidence. That's mm -hmm. where everything rusts off right, right away. Yeah. But I tell you what, 
here's the dilemma. Mm-hmm. I bought the car for twenty six hundred bucks. Right. I just recently put in two hundred bucks about four months ago for a a uh, a tune up, and then what I did is fix right. the fix the antifreeze leak which is going which is 600 bucks and then i had a plus 250 right for the water pump okay so it rounded me up to about 872 dollars mm-hmm. so the real question is this right and a lot of people are in a situation too mm-hmm. do i buy a newer car right and then kind of like run with it and then work on it a little bit but it's mm-hmm. a newer car mm-hmm Right. Or do yeah. I, I, you know what, I'm going to tell you the truth. Most people don't have money to buy new cars. And I don't no. know how they do it. I don't know. But Unless you get a loan or, but. Well, you know what the annual income for the, uh, from the Michiganers is? No, I didn't. It's like What's 50, that? no, it's like 49,000, wow. 52,000. Okay. In the huh. state of Michigan. Wow. That's the average income for homes in the Michigan. Okay. Wow. And let's put it this way. I don't make mm-hmm. that much. No, Not as much I as don't that. Either. I'm on Social Security, and I don't make that much either. So, yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, okay. I have that, I've had the car for four years. Mm-hmm. So, I've only got 100,000 miles on it. Yeah. So, I mean, do I want to keep it? Yeah. Do I want to keep it? No, because... It looks well, kind of no, sloppy. I think the body is going to be the first thing to go on that because if you only have 154 on your on your transmission engine, that's not bad. It's not super good, but it's but mine had. Oh, what did mine have? I think I had 117, and that was a 13. He's got 145, and that's an 05. Now it makes you think. Now, as far as running goes, and your equipment and everything is still pretty much working on it, right? There's no yeah. major problems. Okay. But you got to weigh it out. You don't know how long that pump. You don't know that pump's gonna be fine, and then the radiator's gonna go out. You don't know if the if the cats might go out, and those are expensive too. For a car that has four catalytic converters on those, it's not just two. Most yeah. of them two. These have four. One yeah, up by my, the exhaust, and two down below. Yeah, you're talking about my car, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yes, crazy. yes. So that's the thing. Do I keep it and save money, or do I spend the money get something newer, more dependable, and I know it's not gonna break down on me? You know, I mean, even with 154,000, something's bound to happen, but you don't know. And, and so you got to take that gamble sometimes. You got to say, hey, look, now that I did buy another car, I can just sell this off and somebody else can use it. Maybe it'll be lucky for them. Maybe they'll have it for a while and it won't break down. It's only got 154. There's a seller for you there, too. You list some mileage, people like, oh, only 154. Oh, it makes them think. It looks like shit, but looks are deceiving. Well, this is what I tell people. If I would sell the car, I'll mm-hmm. be honest with it. It's like right. got 154,000 miles on it. Yeah. I had a tune-up. Yeah. I got a new water pump, mm-hmm. and I fixed the antifreeze leak. Mm-hmm. And it's a good high school car for a high schooler. Be perfect for that. First first car for a kid, that'd be a great car because it's not that great in shape. And my car wasn't the – well, I can't really say that, but my car wasn't super perfect, but, you know, it, it – that, but that was my first. My second car wasn't even perfect. That was that was even worse than the first. But in that situation, you're younger. You get a new car. You can't afford at that time. You can't really afford you either. It's a parent's car or something you saved for, or it, it, something like that. But nowadays, cars. It used to be when I was a kid, 
you could get a decent running car for like a hundred bucks, and that's no shit. I mean, not and I'm not saying it had very little miles on it, but that was about the going price, which would be affordable. But nowadays, you can't get a car for a hundred dollars. There's no way. What? There's no $100. way. Hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. You can't get a car for a hundred dollars. Wait, wait, that? What year was this that you got? Oh, this is nineteen. Oh, 81, 82, you could still get one around there. But after about 85, and then things started going up. Things are starting to get higher and higher. But that's about the, the 80s is about the breaking point for that. You get in the 90s, forget it. Things started going up, and, and cars weren't as cheap as they used to be. Um, so. No, no, cars aren't cheaper no, anymore. No, I, I, but, you know, tell you the truth. My buddy of mine's got a Tesla, mm-hmm. and I think he's financially good, not well oh, off, yeah. but good. Those aren't cheap either. Those are. But but he seems to be. I don't know. They. It just amazes right. me that here I'm kind of stickler with my money. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I, I can afford this Tesla. I'm gonna buy it. Oh, and they did it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I didn't believe yeah. it when I was. When he first told me about the Tesla he was going to buy, he actually said, yeah, I'm going to buy a Tesla. I'm like, come on, really? You're going to buy What's that? What's his credit like? <laughs> Probably good if he can afford one. But his own, he owns his own drywall business. Oh, okay. So he does, so he's, okay, self-employed. Now, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I bet he does, that, that, then he sounds like he does pretty good. Drywalling is, that's a, that's a big thing. You, you got to have it done, and that's a big part of uh, building is a drywall. Yeah. Oh, it's a skill. Yeah. So, let's move away from cars. Let's talk about this young lady that you met. Yeah. Um, we were sitting in the waiting room there at the um, mobility place, Clock Mobility. And um, the wife and I are standing sitting there, and, and a gal comes in with another gal. And I just assumed that that was a mother-daughter, but I was wrong. Um, the gal was in a wheelchair, electric wheelchair, and I just looked at her and I, I kind of assumed, I said, well, gal, if she's anything, she's got to be paraplegic because her hands move fine, talks fine, no problem. And so they start up a conversation with my wife and they get to talk and it's girl talk pretty much. And, and then once we get onto <clears throat> finding out that she's paraplegic and she has a van and she has a wheelchair and, and we started comparing notes, um, we started comparing notes uh, to us, our experiences about being in a wheelchair, who can see us, who ignores us, whatever. Um, now, her friend, which was not her daughter. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back a second. Okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about the way that people respond to her and to you. What notes yeah, we, we say comparable. that um, we're, because a lot of times people in a wheelchair, for some reason, some people don't see them. And I don't think it's... It's not that they don't see them. They just don't want to see them because they, they're ignored because they don't know how to react to people. They don't know what to say. They don't want to say anything stupid or inappropriate and embarrass you and them. So sometimes people don't say anything at all because they don't know. But all you have to do is talk to us like we're just a normal person and we're not in a chair. People see that, and, and she's had experience with that. I've had experience. I have many other people that had experiences with that. You're not invisible. They just... You are invisible, but you're not invisible. Exactly. They 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 don't know how to talk to you. They're afraid they're going to say something wrong, or they they don't know, or they're 
that they assume that the person that you're with is going to do all the talking for you, which is not the truth. Yeah. And they sometimes they have to if you have speech impediment or whatever. But what I'm saying is that you need to be recognized as a, as a person, not a person in a wheelchair. Now, I've noticed, you've probably noticed too, that when you meet a person and you know their condition, but once you see them enough and you get used to it, you don't see that. You don't, it, it you see it, but it doesn't make any difference to you. You're want to know or interested in that person for who they are and not what, how they are. See what I'm saying? I tell you what I do. And I, I and then what? So I think because I was so uncomfortable and maybe I'm still, I am uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. That I would make fun of myself to lighten right. up the mood. Sure, yeah. But this is not, I've been told by others, and I'm trying to, and I'm thinking I'm understanding this. Right, okay. That that's not like good or healthy for your mindset. Okay. Because then your train of thought changes that then everyone thinks that you're supposed to be a joke or everybody is right. looking at yeah, you a yeah. certain way. Uh-huh. So what happens when you're uh, growing up and you make fun of yourself? Yeah. When you become in awkward situations, mm-hmm. and there's a potential pay to actually move up in the company, right. or anything, mm-hmm. or promotions or raises, if you go out of your way to make fun of yourself before that, those raises and promotions may not uh, approach to you, be approached right, to you yeah. because then they cannot take you seriously for your own position. Right, gotcha. And that's something that I guess as I was growing up, I just didn't connect it together because I probably yeah. thought at one point that they would never take me seriously at all. At all. Okay, because of the joking. Yeah, okay, so gotcha. when I see, was that guy in the same, Joe Blue? Mm-hmm. The comedian with Sarah Posse. Okay, yeah. That works if you're only going to be a comedian. Exactly. Now, that, that can work. And, and, you know, you're right about that. And that's people making fun of their disability. But they, it, it, it's done in a way where it, where it can be funny. But in normal life, like you said, you try not to make yourself as a joke because people will perceive you as that. Is that what you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, because okay, what? Yeah. Okay. So I what see. happens is that hypothetically you start losing respect for yourself. Right. Okay. Subconsciously you do, because uh-huh. you're okay. already, you're subconsciously putting yourself down, so that subconscious becomes your conscience. Mm-hmm. So even every time you go out and about trying new meet new people, new girls, and new situations or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. you are you train yourself to think that you are less than the person that you really are. Okay. Which is really dangerous, but as a yeah. Kid, as a comedian, you can actually well, make yeah, fun that's, of yourself yeah, to well, line up the room. That's your that's your bread and butter because it it's when you yourself joke about something like that, it's found funny because you can make a joke about yourself. But this is for the, your bread and butter. This is your career. This is what you do. And in that situation, you're right. That that can be, but that's your that's your money. That's your job. Okay. Whereas you just have a job, but you're making fun of yourself. It just yeah, I, I do mean. think yeah. I do think that as a if I ever started to do stand up myself, right, I would purposely not talk about my disability, mm-hmm. but I would talk about general things in life mm-hmm. right. that reflects my life itself, my yeah, choices. Right. Yeah, 
so that my my comedy wouldn't be just for to make fun of my disability or just so that people like me for my disability. Right. Like I think Joe Blue, that's his name. Elijah Blue, I think. Elijah no, Blue. Elijah, no, it's um. Is it Joe Blue? Josh Blue. Josh, Josh Blue. Blue. Yes, yes. Josh. So Blue. Josh sorry. Blue. Sorry, Josh. So Josh Blue. If I saw him, and I'm got a hundred people in a room with cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. those jokes can get real old real quick. Right, exactly. Because yeah. we all have said those jokes in our heads. Mm-hmm. We just haven't said that to everyone oh, no. else. Exactly. So when you put everyone in that room that's cerebral palsy or mm-hmm. with some paralegic or some foreign disability, right. you're, what you're doing is only focusing on your one generic thing about your life, mm-hmm. which as a person, I think about sports, I think about politics, I think mm-hmm. about everyday living, I talk mm-hmm. about work. Everything else that matters in life. I don't surround myself. Well, today I got up and it took me five minutes longer to tuck in my shirt, mm-hmm. or it took me five minutes to wipe my butt mm-hmm. longer, or some dumb thing like that. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes people like Josh Blue, you're funny, but it's not really that funny. Right. I, I mean, after a while, you think that. that being that he can only say on one subject of him being funny on him that it's going to wear out after a while. It's, it's kind of a novelty act, I guess you could say, because you can only make so much fun of yourself and run out of stuff to say because that's your... So once you get to that point where you run out of material or something, I because I, I often wondered that. I thought, okay, it's funny and I think it's hilarious and blind people, whoever you are, make fun of yourself, but how long will that stay? How long... Now... It might get to a point where if your career is good enough, then you could stop doing your stand-up and be in movies. Like I've seen a lot of comedians like Steve Martin, Jerry Seinfeld. They're not just – once they get to the point where they're retired, they don't do their stand-up anymore. They do a show pertaining Eddie, to that. Eddie Murphy. Or, right, or coffees, cars, Robin comments, w- yeah. cars getting coffee was yeah. great, great show. Robin Williams as Robin, a comedian. Right, yeah. And uh, then TV uh, when on TV, a, he started out. Um, there's um, Kevin. Um, uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. But there's the, the one guy, uh, King of Queens. Um, uh, uh, James. Yeah, uh, James. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, so the, the or, uh, Ray Romano, there's another one. Yeah. They were a comedian, and then they got a TV series on the show, and that's what made their money instead of stand-up. They're, now, a lot of times, some people still don't tour, but sometimes they do. Or they might tour for a while and then quit again or whatever. But these are comedians that got into television. Well, you know what? You know, and Here's a solution for Josh Blue. I think he should come out with a sitcom for himself. Mm-hmm. And he should base his episodes based on his life and how he met his wife or his girlfriends or whatever. And then he'll progressively get to where he's at now. Mm-hmm. So even if right. he takes a step back as a teenager, you have some kid play him as a teenager. So right. you overlap the show back and forth. Mm-hmm. Where right. my life my life isn't that interesting enough right now right. because it's not... It's not amazing. I live a very ordinary life. Right. I don't. I don't try to be different than, than everyone no. else does. Right. But with Josh Blue, because he's a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. it probably he probably should go to the networks and say, "Hey, 
I'm yeah. doing pretty good as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. I have a different perspective right. as yeah. being a disabled person or a person mm-hmm. with disability. And I'm married. And I have kids. And then that would be another perspective of life as right. a disabled yeah. person. Because there's not many men, especially straight men who are right. disabled who are married right exactly, to a yeah. woman or to having a mm-hmm. relationship with opposite sex mm-hmm. you don't really see it however the lady that you did meet mm-hmm. she was her friend who was your friend whose husband was also a paraplegic now i didn't conversate with them enough with them to find out if they're actually family but i know they're related and somehow but it got more interesting after that and then her and i started talking about you know people looking at you in a wheelchair um having a having somebody to st- help you out or a friend that'll stick up for you and be your uh they call it uh, i can't think of the word right now not a sponsor but uh kind of your um oh, there's a word for it i'm thinking hey, about uh, it. i would say like you're like uh not sponsor but you're it, um, there's a name. There's a word for it, and everyone should have one. It could be your your worker, your helper, your husband, your wife, whoever you are. That's the person. Your advocate. That will, your advocate. Exactly. That's advocate. an advocate. Yes, advocate. Let's write that down. Advocate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so wait a second. So she talked to you yeah. about to about about being helped off the wheelchair and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So what did she say? Well, we about we it? compared notes. We compared like. When you go into a restaurant or whatever, if how people see you, and we agreed with that, we agreed that you know people have no idea; they make assumptions when you're in your chair. Their first assumption usually is, and I kind of brought this out. The wife kind of raised her eyebrows, but I said, "Well, it's like sex." And my wife says, "Huh?" And I said, "No, I'm I'm not going to get into it." But people assume, and she's like, "Yeah, I've had kids." I've had kids. I can have, just because I'm paraplegic doesn't mean I can't. Don't we were talking so about assumptions? Yeah, she has kids. Yes, oh, she has wow. two kids. Yeah. So it it and this was. Did she explain I to you? I think it was it was, it was after she had been in her accident. As a matter of fact, so just because you're paralyzed oh. doesn't mean that you can't have children. Anymore. It doesn't mean you can't have sex anymore. Wait, it's, wait, wait, wait. So she wasn't a paraplegic when she was born. Right. So she got into an accident. She probably met. Did she tell you that she met her husband before the accident? Um. Yes. Yeah. So she obviously, yeah. he, the yeah. guy yeah. has to be an honorable person. Oh right, yeah. They're still together, of course. Yeah. So the They're guy has together. to be an honorable person to right to right. stick with her. Yeah. Exactly. So then they still decided to have kids. Yeah. Right. After she became disabled. Right. So right. I mean, her legs don't work, so you can probably pry those things open and yeah. stunt childbirth. Well, I don't know, but anyway. Well, because the, the, the limbs, was, because the limbs and the nerves don't yeah, work. Right. So but basically, what's happening yeah. is that she, because, she has no sensation, right? Yeah, There's so nothing she down might, there. You can't feel. So I wonder if her, I wonder if her childbirth moment was is not as you know. And, as, and I'm thinking you're right. That's right because she had a she had a uh, a spinal block. Yeah. Because yeah, and, and one that's built in, so she didn't have to have any medication. So being in that rage and now. There are some people that do still are paraplegic, but do have some sensation in their legs, like yeah. feeling or pressure. Okay, but that's they can't move it, but they can get a feeling sensation sometimes in certain parts. Well, wait a second. And everybody's different on that. But wait so, a second. Think about this. All right. About sixty years ago, mm-hmm. when women were in labor and all that, mm-hmm. they would knock the women. Completely 
completely out yeah, during yeah. childbirth. Yep. Yeah. But here's My the thing. Same thing. How do you when when you're totally knocked out? How do you make the person who's knocked out push? Well, that is when they're knocked out, they're semi-conscious, which means they're out of it, but they can still hear you. They can still hear push. I, you know, they I remember this. Oh. My wife was in labor, and we tried a V-back, which is vaginal birth after cesarean, which didn't work. She's a total cesarean girl, so we had to. Our third was, or her third was a, a cesarean, of course. But in that situation, they they knock you out, but at a point where you're still kind of conscious, but you don't feel the pain. And she had a, a nerve block too, where they put a thing in your spine to knock away the pain, so you don't feel it. Now, a person that is paraplegic, I'm not really sure what they would feel and what they wouldn't feel. Okay. Um, so I, we didn't really discuss the details of that, but what our main topic was that people assume what's wrong with you and they don't ask you, they just assume. So they say, wait, 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 wait. well, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. And but we're let's like, go yes, back to yes. But, but, the, all right, but wait a second. So when she was given childbirth, right. And she's paralytic and her nerves, her nerve. Back, right, spinal, yeah, they, you call that yeah. It's a it's a spinal block. Now my wife so had think one, about, but, but no, no. But think about this lady. Right. How do you how do you have someone push when she's? Yeah, you know, and that's saying, a good question. It's yeah, probably it the same thing be. like going to the bathroom. She probably yeah, can go. I, I she, guess, I mean, she wasn't going. So you can feel now. See, well, she probably didn't have those uh, like uh, right. But it could be in her legs, but your other parts of your body. Um, have different muscles in it too. Now that maybe those muscles may have not been infected, so she could still push. I I don't know. We didn't go into detail. Of course not. There I am assuming again too. But what I'm saying is is that a lot of people see you in a wheelchair and they make all kinds of assumptions that you can't walk, you can't, or you can't have sex. You can't. You're not smart. You're not a genius. You're not. You can't do this. You can't do that. Can't do that. Which is a bunch of BS because there's certain. But when people make these assumptions. They automatically think that, and that's not right. But that's human nature. Anybody's going to do that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, did I assume she was paraplegic? Yeah, but, but I've been around enough people where nowadays I can tell, and I pretty much assume that, and, and 90% of the time I'm right. But uh, there's other people that do their just their regular always assumptions where they just automatically, that people have no clue about your wheelchair, no clue about how you feel. They can't put themselves in your shoes because they aren't you. Well, You're not me. Well, I'm not you. Well, it's but, impossible. You know, right. It okay, is. You can't, all, you can't really get any I, idea of it either. It's just it's yeah, so hard to explain. Yeah, but first of all, I would tell you this. To expect people to, to see you in that in your level or your right, point of view right. or my point of view, right, I don't right. ever expect people to no, do No, that. I don't either. I, I'm, I'm sure I, that. Right. Exactly. Because it's unfair. It is. It is. And it is, it'd be yeah. almost the same but, way for me to to go up to a black guy and say, I totally understand your pain. Yeah, but what does he, that mean? What does what that mean? So yeah. that means nothing to you that black dude. You don't know his dude. pain. He's it him. Just means You're not it him. Could be because you can't be him. Every black person is different from one another. You can get an idea, but you can't put yourself in a situation because you're not that person. Yeah. And that's the only way. Even I, I, we'll, we'll say Vietnam veterans too. You can say it was horrible, it was awful, it was miserable, but I can't see how bad it was because you went through it and I did not. You know? You got You went through it. I did not. So yeah. you can't assume. You're right. And, well, and, yeah. and, but it's human nature. And I, I've been guilty of it too. 
you know, we all do it, but you aren't going to, that's just, these are the things that you have to, when you are dealt this card, these are things you have to deal with. No matter you want to or not. Um, it's just one of the things, but when you meet a person that's like you and you can discuss your same problems, it makes you feel better because yeah, I understand too. And he understands and she understands and he understands. We all come together and say it. So you're feeling better. You got a community now that, Hey, these guys know what I'm going through. We all know what goes. This normal person doesn't know what we're going through. All right. So let's say this. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be an advantage or disadvantage to have a group of people mm-hmm. with your or with our somewhat disability? Mm-hmm. Do you think it would become a much more like a lingering thing? Oh my gosh, we all. Or do you think that people is like whatever? Because I think no, I think to me it would, it would almost turn into a a an AA facility or an a facility right okay. where people just well, kind of that looming. no it you know i i think it is and it's not it, now they do have a thing a bmd or sing that we go to and they do the same thing the doctors coming and drone about some stupid disease and all these come on the doctors talk and you get bored but the only thing i wanted was the communication the other people comparing notes getting together saying yeah this happens to me too and they all relate and they can talk about it you know, and it's not they're going to be in cure, but they all are in this group together. It's camaraderie, basically, because you're all in the same boat. So you can understand each other better, like you and I. We're disabled. We're not the same thing, but we have the same general characteristics of what people think and what, and you and I can discuss it because we get it too. So it's what you have in common, basically. It's not like AA because I've got a problem. I'm handicapped, so I'm here because of my misery. No, it's, it's like, hey, you're like me. Let's talk. We have a great time because we understand each other. So we're a whole group now. We're a yeah. family, as it were, it, with other people that are normal. Now, it depends on who, what normal people you hang out with. It could be your family, which is fine. You could have close friends. Everybody's different on, on who their friends are. Maybe your disability wasn't as bad as in your childhood as it is now. Maybe it's gotten worse. Um, certain people hang out with certain people because of certain things. Like say, if you came over and, and you had a colostomy bag and it was smelly all the time and stuff and you know it, it, that you couldn't help it, but that's the way it was. A, a good friend would just live past that and not have to worry about it. Yeah. But where you'd have to worry about it because you're afraid about what people think or what are all of this. With people that have something in common like that, you don't see that. We're all in the same boat, so we can't gripe about one another. Because... <laughs> You know, we're all the same in a, in a sense. We are all the same in a yeah. sense. I mean, we're all. I mean, we're well, most beings. of us we're are going to die. Yeah. Like, I mean, most of right. us are going to go into diaper stage again. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. We, I don't know. I could live well. The, the apparently seventies. I should last known was probably around late seventies, which is fine. I've heard of eighties too, but it, it depends on who you are. You you could be. They could be well, this person 70s, just like me. And they like could live till ninety. Fifth, well, you got like. 18 more years left. Probably, which is not long if you think about it, but if you think about it, it it can be, but but we don't know. So you try to live the best you can, but there could be a person just like me but have a really bad heart condition. I've got a heart condition, but it's not in the hospital all the time. Yeah. I've had people like me had heart transplants, twins as a matter of fact. So there's... Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So it it all depends on what you... But it's, it's hard to live life in general when other regular people are assuming and you're going to expect that though so the better you can deal with it because sometimes it's just so frustrating because it's the same thing over and over hey could you oh god how many times like if i got a dime for every time i answered that question i'd be a billionaire you see what i'm saying what question like um can you 
Can you have sex? Can you walk time, once in a while? Wait, can sorry. you? Can you? How many bathe? times have can someone you actually? Have, you, come on. How many times has? How many times have someone actually asked, asked you? I mean, can you have sex? You'd be surprised how many times. It. it but it, it's on. A, it's a different. It's one of those last curiosity questions. The one they save for last because it's the hard. It's the most difficult one for them to ask. They Isn't just. It? They don't. You see what I'm saying? And they hey, kind of creep around like, about it. But be asking Ron. Hey, it, Ron, you don't have a pecker. How do you have sex? Well, if, if it's no, a girl, I'm you say, well, why don't you have sex with me and find out? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That? I'm just kidding. But see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's the assumption things. That's that's a big thing, too. Um, but um, we did, yeah. Okay, so what, well, I met the gal at the plane, found out her uh, her husband's normal. Her friend's husband is paraplegic from a motorcycle accident. So they're Ouch. both understanding of what's going on with because of the chair not that we're paraplegic i'm paraplegic but we're in the same boat we're in a chair we drive a van we have to have assistance sometimes so we're all in that boat so which made it great i mean speaking that, of you got it well you're gonna get a new chair soon yep that's right i'm gonna get a new chair i gotta get a uh, uh there's a form that has to be filled out and unfortunately the wife was working on the phone one day and she sent the order form to the wrong place so a little behind but that that is in the makings um it's a much better chair it's a uh, much lighter weight much more expensive and i'm not really sure yet because um with medicare um they, they don't cover too much they might cover a certain percentage but you have to pay the rest so it all depends on what it now if you have medicaid then you're okay but not everybody gets Medicaid. You have to see there's certain qualification for Medicaid and there's certain Medicare. And there's another assumption that people assume too. Are you on Medicaid? No, I'm on Medicare. Oh, they're the same. No, they are not. They Explain are that. totally Explain different. Explain that. Medicare only pays for a certain part of the service where Medicaid pays for the whole thing. Oh. But if you're paraplegic, you have cancer, or then you're qualified. I had this my entire life. So this isn't this isn't grandfathered. I've had this my entire life, so that doesn't work for me. I I can I'm not as bad as this person's cancer or this person's a paralyzer. You have to qualify a certain ways and have the insurance to do that. If you don't, then you have Medicare. So that's why I'm saying because everybody assumes again with their assumptions that you have Medicare and we don't, but they're assuming and they don't. So know. so Medicare is everything. No, Medicaid. Medicaid, Medicaid is, is everything. Medicare is only somewhat, only oh. a percentage. And unfortunately, That's I got Medicaid. Well, I figure it's better than nothing. At least I've got something. But still, you know, a lot of us, whether we're professional or not or have a good paying job, a lot of us don't because we can't be a professional because of our disability. Now, could I be a guy down a desk and using a computer and doing you know, CAD CAM or whatever? Sure, I could. But that's not my interest. I don't have any interest in that whatsoever. If I did, I'd be making good money now. But that's, I want to be a mechanic. I want to, but your physical disabilities but don't you think, make a all right, difference. You know? Okay, let me ask this. In some ways, I think, for you or for anyone to say, well, I, I'm not into computers. I'm not into this and this and that. Right. However, if I was like that, too, though, then I wouldn't go into hospital work. Because I really right. don't. Yeah. I like it, but I don't like it. No, I, I don't. I'd rather I don't. work on stuff and and play the guitar and drums and all right. that, but I oh, can't yeah. play instrument. Right. So right. to me, I think, like this is why I'm starting to ask about what your wife does. 
Because mm-hmm. that way, you know what? Yeah. If I do that part time, I can you remote could get do that it. Part-time. Yep. And then get that move anywhere else and just mm-hmm. help people on the phone line. And I could mm-hmm. be in in Nevada for a week, and then drive back to Michigan next week, mm-hmm. and then go to well somewhere else. Um, we do have a friend that works at the same place she works at, and she works in, lives in North Carolina, but she can still work from home. Ever since they had COVID, um, a lot of people have been working from home now, and they still continue to, which is a lot better for the environment because not everybody's driving to work anymore. There's a good way to look at it, see? Um, or, huh. you know, you're right at home. You don't have to drive home, especially if you work third shift. If you drive home third shift, you're tired. You could get in a car accident. My wife could get in a car accident. Who knows what would happen? So that's another good thing about her working out from home you still make the money but you don't have the travel expense no more gas maintenance on cars you know well yeah but they do say that it's a little bit unhealthy to well they say it's unhealthy for people to be isolated and work at home and then not do nothing all right well we do you know we work out in the yard we do weekends we do no i'm not talking about you i'm talking about you her her friend that lives in north carolina oh yeah so well, if she's always in isolation, it's not really great for your health. Mm-hmm. You don't agree? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean... Could you imagine if you didn't have... It was just you and your wife. Your wife worked third shift. You and I didn't reconnect. Mm-hmm. And then your next-door neighbor doesn't want to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Socialize. Right, and then yeah. the other buddies are living. Yeah, Dan, the other Danny buddy lives in Dora. Yeah, my neighbors moved. Um, I had a lot of neighbors that I'd hang out with now and then. And I, I still do. I have Andy, but he's not as available as the other people were. And his wife works third shift too, so we we have something in common, so we relate to that. But yeah, you're right because it it meant when I first moved in, I could hang out with Mike. I can hang out with Jerry. I mostly hung out with Dan. Which is a great guy, but they all moved out. So now I don't. I I've got you, but you live further away. I've got other friends, but they live further. So I don't really. There may be one person on my block now that I hang out with now and then, but we're not as close as Dan and I used to be, and I miss that part, you know. And I still have friends, but they're not. It's not the group of friends I used to have. See, it's just yeah. That's one thing about that's one thing about aging that sucks. Mm-hmm. Is that people that will have kids or mm-hmm. a, a new right. spouse or whatever and then the whole life is like ah whatever I, if right. I that's kind of what scares me about having a long-term relationships mm-hmm. is that i'm gonna have to completely change for my yeah for my I, girlfriend right. significant other and then every time i want to hang out with my friends it'd be like oh we're doing this with our family uh, yeah. but i've noticed once you do get older though and you get to a point where it, it, especially if you don't have children, this makes a big difference. And I think that's the difference now is that, that I have more freedom than I used to. And it's not her decision. It's just that we don't have these things to do anymore. We don't have any kids to raise. We don't have to go grocery shop for the kids. We don't have to pick the kids up from school. We don't have to. So we have a lot more free time now. So if we want to do hang out with our friends, we do. She'll go hang out with her friends. I'll hang out with my friends. That, that's fine. We still have our freedom, but do we get once in a while where we forget and we already have plans? Of course, you're always going to get that. that. That's part of marriage, forgetting. <laughs> and, and you're going to get that. But we still, I notice that 
my marriage, the, the longer it goes, the more freedom you get because you're more flexible now. You don't have the tie downs that you used to. You don't have the responsibilities that you do. You, you still do, but now you have more free time because you're, you're older, you're retired. But the only drawback about being retired is I only have one other friend that's retired. And that's it. Anybody else, they're not retired yet. So yeah, he doesn't really. Well, he's kind of struggling about retiring. Now. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's, low, he's, what, he's low, working on it slowly but surely. He's a little older than you. Yes, he is. Uh, he is sixty-five, oh sixty-six now. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be but Yeah. So he's he's and that was for him. He retired. It, he, retired. he said, "You know what? If I had to do it over again, I don't think I would retire at sixty-five. I think I would have waited until seventy. I go, yeah. Well, hey, I would have retired at sixty-five, but I retired at forty-five. So I said, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> so, well, you, you know, can still work. Yes, he could. I I could too if I wanted to. Um, when you're doing Social Security, you can you're allowed. I believe it's don't quote me on this, but I believe it's twenty to twenty-four hours a week." and you can still receive your social security even though you are working but this work is just helping you support yourself it's not a total dependable job to make your income it helps your income basically which is fine because we could always use some in extra income and that would be say if i had a job then i could use that money to buy my booze or what are my personal needs where i wouldn't have to use her money that she makes that we pay for the house and the car and the insurance and whatever see what i'm saying so a little bit of extra money would be great, but you got to find something part time and somewhere where they'll hire you. So this is why I'm investing my money. Mm -hmm. Great idea. I got. I'm going through MadMoney.com. Mm -hmm. They're more associated with with Dan Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Dan Ramsey is more about getting out of debt. Oh, okay. Okay. But. Man money is what I go through now. And I got and I and I actually have money of my four O K three B. I think that's what it's called now. Okay. It's not four oh one K no more. It's like oh, 40, oh they've changed it. Wow. I think it's four oh point three B. Okay. So, so it's okay. a new investment way of um of through no through work. Okay. What now so does that's your work what I'm match you? So I'm certain? matching now. Oh, good. Okay, so good, good. I, I was right. at 3%. Now I'm at 6%. Right. Okay. Okay. So now everything I, I put in there, they're going to match it, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. However, you know what? You're in that situation. Other people like Jerry mm -hmm. might be in a situation mm -hmm. where, you know, you retire early. Well, you had to. Mm -hmm. But Jerry could have worked another seven, he six and a half he years. He could have, yeah. But I've come across a lot of people at my work, yeah, and they are belivelously like, no, nope, I gotta pay for this, I gotta pay for that. Uh -huh. I'm not going. I'm not going to put my money away. It's just the way it is. Just work to live, basically. Yeah, Working but you know what? I'm gonna tell you this: save man. anything. You don't, you know, earn anything. You don't, you know, and and that's a good idea because. Um, I had had a 401k from where you and I used to work yeah. and I cashed it in. And, and now that I think back, what I should have done was transport it over to another 401k and kept saving up. Yeah. Even though I wasn't working, I could retire, but I could put a certain amount in it, even oh, though yeah. no one was matching anymore. But I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, I did. I, I see what you mean. That's, it, as long as they match it, that's what I think is great. If they put up and we'll match you what you put in and everybody's happy. And there you go. That's, you know. So, 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's been about 52 minutes long. Oh, wow, we're over. <laughs> no, it's all right. It, because we had some stuff to talk yeah. about. Yeah. And we're going, try, we're going to try to have Ron on the show once a week at least. We're going to try. We'll see how it, But it might be a different day of the week every time. It won't be exactly. Um, well, I think what I'm going to do is if we can't have you on the show right. or a day, uh, I'm still going to air it on a certain day of the week. Okay. So right. it becomes a regular thing. Yeah. It's one okay. of those things that you guys, anyone out there is doing podcasts, make it a regular appointment to put your stuff. Every week, yeah. yeah. Every day or one day of the air. week. It's easier with me and Sean to do it because Sean can stop by more often. Right. Sean lives closer. Yeah. He's pretty close. So, and sports is always a new stuff coming in, going right. out. So, saying that, yeah. I'm going to try to make it so that I think I'm going to make our podcast episodes every Monday. Okay. And we do that. I well, I have anything either Tuesday. No, I think I'm going to do Tuesday or Wednesday for us. Okay. Then Sean and I will have my episodes every uh-huh. Monday because of the weekend in sports. Correct. Right. So, okay. So, the next episode you'll probably listen to is. Sean and I talking about the British Open, yep. uh, a little bit about baseball, so on and so forth. But I'd like to thank everyone that listens to the podcast. I'd like to thank Buzzsprout for distributing my podcast to those three to four zero people. They're One out person. there. They're well, there's there. I don't get zero. <laughs> I get like three or four. But that's, I know that I, my advertisement probably needs to be better, but I can't be. force people to listen to me. Yeah. There's got to be somebody out there that'll do that. And I think what we did, um, we were, you and I, and I, I can't remember who, I think we both mentioned it, but um, we're going to try to tell more people about it just off off, off the podcast. We're going to, you know, word of mouth. Um, so if you're listening now and you like it, please, please tell share. other brother and please share and tell other people about it. And that's the only way we can do it. So, All right. Peace, love. I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. I do we too. do this on Wednesday, so I think I'm going to air this on Thursday morning. Sounds good. So peace, love, take care of yourself, get suntan, uh, let's keep your clothes on. Don't want a little rascals running around. Peace, love. Keep keeping on. Keep it See on. See ya. <laughs>